welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here are my fellow nerds, plural, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. Garrett Price. How's it going? Everybody's like, who the hell is Garrett Price? What's going on here? Garrett Price is one of the Dynasty Nerd staff writers. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, I've uh, been on for about about two months now. So pretty pretty new to the game, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling like a vet today. There we go. Welcome right. to the podcast, Garrett. Garrett, where can everybody find you at? Besides DynastyNerds.com, like if they want to hit you up on Twitter after you like blow them away on this podcast with the most spectacular information, and you're like, dude, I got to follow this guy. What's going on with this guy's life? Twitter, where are you at? Yep, I'm at GMP underscore 33. Oh, that's difficult. Yeah, it's a tough <laughs> one to remember. Yeah, once you throw start throwing underscores in there, I'm like, oh, man. Kind of lost me. I'm, I'm going to go back in and like, oh, I got to look up on Twitter. What is G-P- an underscore? <laughs> Did he score on a podcast? He must be handsome. I'm, guess, um, I'm guessing you put your Twitter handle on your articles, right? I do. There I do. Go. So you can just click it. Yeah. It'll oh, make your life a lot easier. Find, find it on there. DynastyNerds.com. DynastyNerds.com. Uh, Garrett just had an article come out on Tuesday morning uh, about free agency and where, where you want everybody to go, right? Yep. Ideal landing spot. Uh, so in a perfect world uh, where everybody would go, at least in my perfect in world. In your perfect world. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, which just coincides exactly what we're talking about here today is perfect landing spots for the free agents, or at least our ideal land spot. So we'll talk about some free agents that are going to affect your dynasty team for the short term, for the long term, and where we think as a as a group here, as a trifecta. Uh, Did you know that triangles are the the strongest force in nature, the strongest shape in nature? I feel like I did. Well, now we know. Wow, this is a strong podcast. Yep. I feel I feel stronger. Yeah, you look stronger. Do I look stronger? Yeah, you definitely. Do. Yeah, you've been you've been working out. No, not really, but yeah. I mean, it is cold outside. <laughs> uh, before we get that, let's talk about our friends at Dynasty Owners. So last week, uh, you guys did a great, you know, not a great job, did an awesome job. Everybody hit up DynastyOwners.com to get in with their beta testing, and there's only a hundred spots left for the beta testing. So if you want to get in a brand new Dynasty platform from the ground up to be one of the beta testers, get in there, see how it works, help them perfect this new way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football, now's the time to do it. Make sure you get on DynastyOwner.com, click on there, join the beta testing group, which is going to get ready to launch in the 2020 season, and you can play at DynastyOwner.com for free. Dynasty Owner, what is that, you may ask? What is it? Dynasty Owner is the first Dynasty salary cap fantasy sports game that is not only playing the game week to week, but uses actual player contracts and salaries so you can be not only the coach picking up your lineups, but the general manager and owner of your team too. So, again, they go with the real salaries. Right. Which it's, is, it's not like it's not nice. just a made-up salary that, they, that the people come up with. It's, it's, it's based off the actual NFL salaries. It's basically anti-auction where you go in there and you're like, oh, I like Devontae Adams. Like, I'm going to bid $31 million. And you're like, dude, come on. You know he's not worth $31 million. Why are you doing this to me? I really want Devontae Adams. They'd be like somebody with Baker Mayfield. You know, like they know I want Baker Mayfield. They don't even want him. They're just like bidding up the price. Being a jerk. Yeah, they go, like all the quarter, like Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson just went for $16 million. They opened the bids at 20 No, and damn well I'm going 21 Right. 
Not at DynastyOwner.com. Not, not going to happen. I get Baker super cheap on a five-year rookie deal. Nice. That's still I'm building my whole team around Baker. To me, he's the number one overall pick in DynastyOwner.com. It's clear as day, right? <laughs> clear, clear done and done. Clear you, as you, day You pick up that, con- yep. that contract with that skill set for the next five years, okay, maybe Pat Mahomes is on Baker's level, maybe. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe, but, maybe with his 50 touchdown you know, passes. We're here to talk facts, not nonsense, Matt. Garrett. You don't just trade players for players with Dynasty Owner. You can trade players for draft picks or Dynasty dollars. You know, hey, we'll give you. you know, it's like the Browns when they traded for Blake Bortles. Oh man, not Blake Bortles. It was uh, what's his name? Could have been Blake Bortles. Might as well. But it was uh, Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. Eight, yeah. All eight foot two of them. <laughs> yeah, that tree blew over in this heavy wind. Uh, so you can trade for dollars as well. So you can increase your cap that way, or virtual currency used to play the game. You win Dynasty dollars each week, whether you win or lose your matchups, and you play to build a Dynasty long term. Year to year, the way we like to do it. Sick of having your bench players have record weeks? Psh, no problem. In Dynasty owner, your bench earns a percentage of their performance that week because a true dynasty is built on a deep bench. You want to be an awesome drafter like we are, and all of a sudden you get penalized for it You know because you can only start six guys, eight guys. Meanwhile, you have 25 studs on your bench because you've been killing the draft since 2002. That's like a... I almost just gave you like my biography. Yeah, basically. That's <laughs> <laughs> what that was right there. <laughs> So, if you want to go over the cap and try to build a dominant team today, no problem. You just need to pay luxury taxes like the real sports world. This is the first game to incorporate the long-term ownership GM strategy with week-to-week fantasy sports play. Stop playing fantasy sports and own it. DynastyOwner.com. Again, there is literally only 100 spots left. We filled that bad boy up last week. So, if you're like, I'll just wait. I'll check it out next week. Not so fast, Pat Sajak. Get on that. DynastyOwner.com. It's not going to be here next week. We're probably going to be promoting this because it's going to be gone. Get on the ground floor up, DynastyOwner.com. In the meantime, let's talk about some things that are going to the NFL as we approach here. Next week, we have the NFL Combine, so we'll break down the Combine, who we thought our winners were, our losers, maybe some surprises, some things that were solidified. Um, some news coming out today. Josh Jacobs isn't really going to participate there. That's kind of a bummer. A bit of a bummer, yeah. Yeah, I want to see him. But uh, in the meantime, this week we're going to do free agency fits because after that, free agency will already be getting into it after the combine week. Right. So we'll do that after we're we'll cover. Then it's just rookie talk from here on out, breaking down these rookies. It is, man. These, I mean, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a big boom there of free agency, and then it's going to slow down quite a bit, and it's going to be guys sitting around and – a lot of these guys won't won't sign till after the draft then because the people are going to move on. The, the personnel people are going to move on. What if Le'Veon Bell doesn't sign till for a while because nobody wants to give him the money once? That would be crazy. We'll talk about if it he doesn't, if he doesn't sign if he doesn't sign early, the money's not going to be there. So he 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 and his agent better He'll be working. He, he and his agent better be working on something this weekend at Indy. the combine. Yeah, all right, exactly. So today somebody gets cut. Uh, Michael Crabtree off the Baltimore Ravens. The 31-year-old, or is he soon to be 21? He'll be 32 to start the season. Right. Okay. Yep. That's pretty old in Dynasty, right? That's getting up there. Yep. It's not young. Well, he's cut. He's coming off here. So we can add him into this mix. Like, it's a fresh little mix here of uh, Crabtree's. We'll, we'll go running backs, tight ends, receivers, quarterbacks. But let's, t- let's just start off the show with Crabtree. I wanted Before you moved on real fast, I did want to mention the fact that the Bengals are now shopping John Ross. Do you have, oh, any, do you have any reaction to that? Or, or, or Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> any thoughts? No. I'm go look at the tape. Yeah, I know. It, it, there's not much tape. I mean, there's nothing to look at, right? I saw his career yards per catch. And I was like, oh, sweet. He's had like 21 catches, but like seven of them, I think, have it, been 
been touchdowns. His first season, didn't he have like negative three yards for the year? His first season, he did. Yes. Yeah. It he, was. It was, was one. It was one catch. One catch. One catch for negative three yards. Yeah. And, a, and a fumble. And a fumble. <laughs> Don't <laughs> forget a, that. It was, it was rough, negative points. It was a rough first out. First outing for him. Yeah. Top ten pick, number seven overall. I mean, what are they going to get for John? I mean, not not much. At oh, all. they're not going to get much. I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking. Do you do you think that you know a change of scenery will will do him any good? It can't get any worse. Yeah, I mean the big thing for him is he's got he's got to stay healthy to to even pretend to contribute to which you can't do. But maybe the whole thing was just a bummer. Like he was in, you know, he gets drafted top ten, he gets hurt, you know, running his forty, gets hurt right away there in Cincinnati. Like we all said, he had negative yards for a fumble. He's young, he's super young. He's Mm -hmm. just he's depressed, you know. And then you bring a guy like Hugh Jackson in the organization that just makes you a little bit sadder. So that's that's no good. Uh, So maybe a new change of scenery. Would do him well. I mean, um, maybe it's. I mean, it's it's a little too early for me to just write off first round pick, especially a guy with that kind of speed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on it. I, I saw the news that Denver was looking for a deep threat uh, today. Came across the wire, come on the combine that they were kind of possibly looking for a deep threat where they like the receivers with Sutton, Deshaun Jackson, Patrick, but none of those guys are really like a burner. And then you bring in a guy like Joe Flacco, they got John Ross for like a fifth round pick additional fourth round pick you know that's that's a good fit i'm just thinking of that big arm receiver um you know a guy a place like tampa bay who doesn't right. have somebody to take the lid off yeah and you get somebody on a young that's just a young player and you pick up that contract i don't know that contract is still top seven money there uh yeah, with the option you know maybe that's a good that's what i'm looking for a fit where somebody can get in the ball downfield i know you liked him more than i did come out of the draft i wasn't even really a fan i said if the guy hurts himself pulling up at the 40 what's gonna happen in the nfl and <laughs> It's right, like no, crystal no, balls and, or something. And absolutely, and and we all know that you do have the crystal balls. I would bust them out, but Garrett's here, and I don't want to just do that in this first time here. Yeah, that's, in the studio. that's gross. <laughs> I, I tolerate it because I've known you for so long, <laughs> <laughs> and they're so accurate. <laughs> right. Uh, so you know, Crabtree. Let's get back to Crabtree here. Sorry, he gets cut. Where do we see now? In such a short notice, like Crabtree, he can sign anywhere he wants. What do you guys think is like a good fit? I, the first place that comes in my mind, you know, you're looking at somebody who's 31. Like Garrett said, he's going to be number 32 coming into the season. He's not a long-term investment. So you're probably going to get Crabtree for pretty ch- cheap, $3 million, you know, a year or something on there. And a, you know, you give him a, two, a two-year deal or a three-year deal worth $9 million or $8 million with only $2.5 guaranteed, something along those lines. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was Nick New England, where – they're losing all their wide receivers. It's going to be Julian Elliman, nobody else. We don't know if Gronk's coming back. Chris Hogan's not coming back, most likely. They can use somebody that's a, a nice, safe, big red zone threat. And that's where Crabtree came to mind for me. I don't see a lot of fits for him. Like Sitting here, when we, when we were talking about it, a lot of fits in my eyes, besides like a team like New England, that would bring in somebody in his age, in his playing style. I'm, yeah, I I have a hard time trying to find like a, an immediate fit for him, and and he might be one of those guys that hangs out and and misses this whole first wave of free agency. If he if he doesn't sign before free agency because he's able to because he was cut, he might be one of those guys like sitting there waiting till after the draft, and maybe somebody doesn't get a, a a wide receiver that they were looking for in the draft, and they go after him. So I, I'm not really sure I see anything that like jumps out at me like, hey, I need Michael Crabtree on my team, like any of these teams that that are wide receiver needy, but. But maybe, like you mentioned before the show, like I don't think he's washed up as a lot of people anticipate he is. Like we said, you know, with he's already on a bad team to get go for offensive, offensively wise as wide receiver with Joe Flacco there in Baltimore to start the season. But weeks one through nine, he was wide receiver thirty one, which was you know it's a low end wide receiver three, but a wide receiver three nonetheless. Right. Yeah. 
So if there's a team that needs receiver help, which there's a lot of teams that need receivers, can a desperate team like the Redskins? You know, does that that, that does was it, that was the one team I was looking at? Like they don't really have anybody that's established. Nobody, but they also don't have a quarterback. So they how, have nobody. So they have Darius Geis, so and Jordan how, Reed. I mean, so if you're Michael Crabtree, are you going going right there? You know, like he's got an opportunity now to sign. Are you going to go to there? I don't think so. I mean, you're going to wait to see what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. Listen, if, if you were the last man on earth and there was an 85 year old, you know, woman, let's say that you know, that's it. And it was your your job to repopulate the world. I mean, you would still do it, right? Like, I mean, nobody's going to know. An eighty five year old woman wouldn't help you at all in that situation. Uh, but to, but I to repopulate I, the world. I think I know what you're getting at. You know, they're their only suitor. I, I get I get what you mean. Okay. I think your analogy just was a little off. Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> but um, first thing popped in my head. Right. No, I mean, if 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 it if. Push comes to shove, I think he'll sign there. But I, I'm just not sure that's like, hey, he's going to sign there right away. He he has the feel to me of a guy that just he's he's going to find a landing spot in a team where um, there, there's not much else, and they're like, hey, we have to put butts in seats. Uh, you, you're, you're a name, so you know, a, a New York Jets, a Oakland Raiders, a Buffalo Bills, a, a team that is is somewhat depleted in the receiving core, and is like, ah, here's an older guy that can maybe help mentor and. He's a good name. Does, I mean, does he follow a guy like Flacco and, and try to latch on at Baltimore? I mean, they don't have any established wide receivers there. I mean, yeah, sorry, in Denver. It's no, not like they, they I don't, don't think so. They don't have any. They, they don't have. They're saying they're looking for a deep threat. Come on, the combine. He's literally the opposite of Michael Crabtree. Oh, yeah. So, is there anything here that would move your dynasty, like the needle, to get you? Like, would New England move your needle a little bit? So the one that I a little bit would move your needle a little bit. A little bit. Um, I mean, I think that would be the most juicy place for him to land. So, yeah. is there anywhere else that would like to? Yeah, you know, even if it's not, like New Orleans, that that was one that was thinking. I mean, th- they could use a receiver across from from Michael Thomas. They have, a, but they have a bunch of young players that that could fill that role. But you know, they 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 tried it out with Des Bryant, and then he got hurt like two days later. But yeah, Michael Crabtree wouldn't be that much different from a Des Bryant in that scenario. Yeah, I, and even Michael Thomas is a sure-handed short quick route receiver here so let's get into the running backs now obviously the biggest name here uh for nfl standpoint and from a dynasty standpoint is Le'Veon bell sat out last year missed 14.1 million don't have no still have no idea why he would possibly do that but i guess he proved his point 14 more million dollars poorer uh, i hope he gets that contract in the second round of his career but we don't know so Le'Veon bell let's hear it, guys let's hear some Situations where you think he could likely land, but more so where you think you want him to land. You know, I think that's what we're going to talk about here. More where we think it's going to be where it really get our needle to a perfect ten of excitement, max value here, but also in a very realistic manner. We can't just be like, oh, you know, I hope he goes to the Chiefs, which is possible. But let's just say they they have the cap. They have the cap. They have the the first place I checked, Matt. That's the first one I have on my list is them also. I'm like, oh, man. Okay, Thanks so for shooting me down. Let's not go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have said let's not go the Giants or right. let's not go Dallas. All right. Because you're right. Cause I checked Kansas City, too. First thing I did, I was like, oh, they do have the cap. I wanted yeah. to say, like, oh, he's not going to Kansas City. I'm like, oh, they kind of have the money there. Yeah, they could probably do it. You know, some guys up there, no, Rich, you dumbass. They just signed Damian Williams to an extension. The fake money. Um, so, Matt. You have Kansas City. Kansas City was my was my number one place. Um, 
and then after that, I mean, it's like one of those, you know, does Tampa Bay, they, they don't have quite enough cap money. I'm sure they can make, make some space and, and get him down there, but him and a Bruce Arians offense would be, it would be David Johnson all over again with him, with him trying to get a thousand thousand, you know, they just can't afford it. They're too cat. They're too strapped. They're, they got fifteen million. I mean, I know that Le'Veon's looking for a lot more than that. I mean, they thought we're getting like Gerald McCoy if people were talking rid of him because of his money. Yeah, right. I don't think they're. I don't think they had the luxury of paying Le'Veon Bell. I just don't think they had that hey, luxury. You said ideal situations. Yeah. I know. I, I know that I'm supposed to keep it in the realm. But that of are realistic. I, I know. But the, I mean, the, let's just not go. Fa- let's, I mean, let's have some kind of realistic. I mean, if they sign him. It's not like it's. It's not impossible, uh, but it's not very realistic. All right. What about what about a place like Houston, who's got they've got. Tons of cap space, seventy-seven million. Their only running back is Lamar Miller. He's not a guy that's like setting the world on fire. There, that was a playoff team last year that might be looking for that little extra piece to like bump you up and get you in, into the playoffs and push you over the top and get you to the Super Bowl. Garrett, yeah, I think I think Houston would be an incredible landing spot if you were able to to get in there. Your only concern, if you're if you're Le'Veon Bell, thinking about your only concern is how poor that offensive line is. Right, um, they were ranked. Uh, in the bottom two in both pass and run uh, run offense uh, or in, in blocking there. So that that's my only concern if I'm Le'Veon Bell. But you look at all those pieces around, they were able to su- succeed in that offense despite the offensive line shortcoming. So I think that'd still be an ideal spot. The other one, um, and, and this was one of the ones I wrote about, and you've heard it a hundred times, and, and Lev Bell even indicated it on his social media, was that he, he might be interested in going to Indianapolis. Right. I don't see Indianapolis being the one wanting to do that. I think yeah, they like. Wrong. I think they like Mac. I think uh, they have a couple young running backs and and Hines uh, and Wilkins there. So I don't see them pulling the trigger there. But they definitely have the money, and it would be a great situation. Well, they have the most money in the league as far as cap space. So I wonder if that was one of those things where Le'Veon Bell saw it. Hey, these guys are hey, projected. These guys are projected to have the most money. I would like to get paid the most money and uh, go win a Super Bowl. Exactly. Yep. So uh, it was one of those best case scenarios, I think, for him. It's just I thought I thought it was weird when like Chris Ballard, the GM, came out and said like we don't want like almost referring to Le'Veon like that's not kind of locker room we want to build like they right. don't, they don't want he doesn't want to bring those guys in there. So I see them if they're not satisfied with a guy like Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins behind him, and Naheem Hines who are all young and they just invested his draft capital to and they all kind of showed promise. I think they're going to spend 109 million elsewhere. You know, and they can get yeah. Andrew Luck, another uh, wide receiver, and then just build up that defense as well, and then also carry some of that money over if you need to. So I don't think, I don't think Indianapolis is a likely scenario. Uh, obviously, to me, that if you're talking about a likely scenario as possible, to me, that's my best case scenario. Is in sure. it. You're playing in a dome. You got Andrew Luck. They're not overloaded at the receiver game as it is. So you got T.Y. Hillen, but I mean, Le'Veon would just dominate in that short oh, game absolutely. pass. I mean, he'd be running back. I, I if, if Le'Veon Bell signs with the Colts, he's number one. If I'm in a redraft league, he's my one one yeah. over Saquon Barkley. Like I'm taking him. I just feel more confident that whole offense, even though he's in the dome. Even though he's fat now, if he's if he's if he's Kelvin Benjamin when he gets back on the field, then I, I won't draft him number one and redraft. But I mean, right. that's where he's at. I mean, if you if obviously Saquon Barkley can go number one, or you could say he's you know two, that's fine. But that's where that's where yeah. Le'Veon Bell goes right back to me. So to me, I agree. Like Houston's a nice a nice spot as well out there. Their offense line's terrible, but they do have sixty million. So you would the think they got to protect. Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. They're going to invest is probably in the offensive line this offseason and possibly even in the draft. So they could build an offensive line up for Le'Veon. When I think of realistic, I totally see him end up with like somehow possibly with the Raiders is what I see because yeah. they they're got they going to have to run the ball. 
but ideally, I go back to the Colts as well. That's yeah. my ideal situation that can make it possible for me. Again, that moves my needle the most. You know, if he goes to Oakland, my needle's not moving too much. I, I honestly don't think Oakland has the cash. I know they have the cap space, but they are in like they're cash poor. They I are think, cash I don't poor. think they have the cash to, to pull off a lot on uh, Bell signing. You know, the one more that could be could be a fascinating landing spot is if you were to stay in the division and he were to go to Baltimore. Baltimore has the money. They have Lamar Jackson there now, and they need offensive weapons. Um, so I think he would get the touches, um, and I think typically having a running quarterback helps out that running back a lot. And so uh, he might not get the the passing yards uh, with, with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, but I think he would be uh, that would be a much better landing spot for him as opposed to like the Jets or Oakland or something like that. Yeah, they need they need. A solid running game there now more than ever because yeah. Lamar Jackson's going to need her. He's just not going to survive. That's that's another interesting spot as well for Le'Veon. Uh, I wouldn't be like overly excited because to me, then if I'm playing Baltimore, like I'm just going to stack the box first. You know, I'm now I'm really playing a run. You know what I mean? Like where else are you going to go? Like it's it's Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst is and, your number one option. And plus, I mean, I, Le'Veon Bell is a good running back. Don't get me wrong, but what differentiates him is his pass catching ability. And, sure. and if and if he's there in Baltimore. I just don't. I don't trust that that Lamar Jackson can get him the ball enough. Yeah, that's, so that that's would not that a would good be fit. that would be a little bit of a surprise. I mean, I don't. From Baltimore's standpoint, from like the their actual team standpoint, they would make perfect sense. But from, I have a guy on my list. I think fits Baltimore be really well here. So that's, I'll bring him up here when we get to him. Sure. Um, so let's move on to the next guy on the list here, Tevin Coleman, mm-hmm. coming off Atlanta, somebody who going into. The offseason, a lot of people are really excited about Tevin Coleman. I know you mentioned Matt last year. He wasn't even really 100% when he, you know, throughout the whole year. Big thought, you know, when Freeman went down early, we thought, hey, this is it. Tevin Coleman's going to get time to shine. Right. And even at the end of the year there, they kind of took the carries away from him just to see what they had in Edo Smith. So, because they knew Tevin Coleman was going to walk. And he's somebody right now, you know, after four years, he has 3,350 yards rushing. 29 touchdowns is what really saved his like fancy value throughout over those four years. You know, 92 receptions, 1,010 yards. Where do we see a guy who's going to be 26 in April as a good fit? I know you had him in your article today, Garrett, at Tampa Bay. Is that where you still like him today, hours later? <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would love to see him there. Um, I think I think that offense. Um, I mean, it's it's an ideal offense for any offensive player. I mean, on, underneath Bruce Arians, I mean, you, you, you're you're going to be great. Um, so yeah, I I would really like to see him there. I think that's probably the uh, the best scenario for in, in in my mind for a team that needs a running back badly. And I agree with you because like, we what do you, what do you do with David Johnson? And he finally entered that bell cow running back into his system. It was dynamic. They had one of the best scoring offenses in the NFL. And Tevin Coleman might be cheap enough where they can actually get him out there yeah. under contract. Like we mentioned, they can't get Le'Veon Bell. Somebody they don't go Le'Veon Bell and they go second best thing, Tevin Coleman. I'd just be more worried about do they invest via the draft, right. you know, at running back to give it even cheaper than a Tevin Coleman? Or are they worried because, hey, we already had the young Ronald Jones, who's a turd Ferg, and he we don't need to keep making that. Let's just get a guy who we know can catch the ball really well, and that's a guy like Tevin Coleman. Yeah, another place uh, with a similar situation as far as they they need a guy that can catch passes. What would you guys think about the the fit there in Chicago? They don't have a ton of space. I think they're they're hovering around fifteen million or something like that. Twelve million, sorry. But but like you said, I th- I think they could get Tevin Coleman pretty cheap. So but then you'd boot. So you'd boot Jordan Howard. I think you'd almost push him to the side and because Cohen's and, your 
pass catching back. I know, but I think they want a little bit more out of a you know out of a like almost a three down set out of their out of their main running back where they can throw him balls and he'll be able to catch maybe four or five balls a game and then have Tevin Coleman almost or uh, have him just Tariq be like Cohen. Tariq Cohen just be on the, on the side there. So it's weird because it's intriguing. Because I would never like if you like going through the list, I would just skip right over. Because that's the opposite. I thought they'd look for somebody like, oh, well, if they brought in Mark Ingram, that'd be like a little bit more sense than a guy like Tevin Coleman because they have Tree Cohen so dynamic. But I see, I could see when you're talking needle moving wise, well, that would excite you so much because then, okay, look how dynamic Tariq Cohen is right. in that offense with Nat Nagy's offense. Wow, just imagine Tevin Coleman where he's getting actually all the carries and he's getting those passes for Tree Cohen. What a big boost that would be. That's pretty intriguing. That would, that'd move the needle. I'd be shocked. Like I really, I'd be like, oh wow, that's really weird. Right. Yeah, but I would be super excited about Tevin Coleman going into the year. Like knowing he's going to be in that offense, that'd be terrific. That that that's what the most exciting place that I could think of that that he would go. The other place I thought that might be a possibility would be like Oakland, just because again, I think he I think he's going to be a lot cheaper, and I think he offers a lot of the same things that Le'Veon Bell does as far as catching passes out of the backfield, being a bigger back that can also operate between the tackles same thing with the jets where they have the money and they can just kill you know the elijah mcguire and isaiah Correll, who they get off the books this year but like, okay let's just kill one bird two birds with one stone here with tevin coleman mm-hmm. are you worried at all that tevin coleman needs a complimentary back like he needs another guy to be there with him to be really fancy relevant does he have are we are we sure tevin coleman is somebody that when he gets his opportunity now next year on a new team that like he could be the man like he's going to be he's never been a running back one ever can he be a running back one low end running back one high end running back two or is this a situation where he's been a fantasy running back one he he was you know the same throughout the whole year same same time as Devon yeah exactly and then he got nicked up yeah well, so, so that's right. my whole point right okay. he's never had 800 yards rushing before right so is this a situation where okay Tevin Coleman signs with the Jets almost like where we are 20 you know Last year, like Isaiah Correll signs with the Jets. Okay, this is exciting. You know, this is going to be sweet. Is this a time, do you bail high on Tevin Coleman in Dynasty? Or like, okay, he signs with the Jets. He's the man. He's going to be a three-down man. Do you think the value is going to get you where you, like it's just peak value to sell? Or do you just hold on to him and hope for the best? I mean, I, that's tough because I don't own any shares of him. So it's easy for me to just say, yes, sell, because uh-huh. I don't have any skin in the game. But if I sat there and I've been waiting – for this long, you know, with Tevin Coleman, all the frustrating injuries, but all the potential, I might, I might just hold on to him. I mean, how many other like Michael Turner's have there been? Not a whole lot, right? That that second running back that was drafted, always supposed to be pretty good, but they had, they had a really good guy in front of him. Then he leaves, and you're like, finally, he's gonna be good, and then he's good, like you know, like Ben Tate. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Austin. Oh, I'm that. waiting for Austin Eckler. <laughs> the San Diego. I mean, there's not many running backs that go. You know, people enter free agency because of lo- like they're already good. But that that good y- running back on a young contract. We're gonna talk about another guy here shortly. T.J. Yeldon mm-hmm. in the same yep. boat here is Tevin Coleman. And surprisingly, when you really look at Tevin Coleman's numbers and T.J. Yeldon's numbers, they're not that different. Yeah, they're almost identical. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that here soon because I think he's like if you're gonna buy one of these guys, you think it'd be free agent. I think T.J. Yeldon's to buy on the price compared to a guy like Tevin Coleman. But for me, like you know, sometimes when those guys happen free agency, it's that time of the year people are signing new teams. It's a good time to sell also in dynasty where you're still farther enough, farther enough, far enough. I can't speak English anymore. You're far enough away from the draft where those. Those draft picks are still obtainable. You know, when you get a week to the, NFL, the rookie draft and people are like, I want your firstborn. Yeah. Your secondborn. 
I'm like, dude, we're talking about 2-1. Like, I know we're talking about 2-1. <laughs> Irv Smith Jr. is going to be there, and he's going to be fantastic. He's the most underrated tight end in this draft. Uh, so you can still get really good value. So, like, a guy like Tevin Coleman signs for the Jets, and people are like, oh, I'll give you 1-4. So what would you rather have, 1-4 or Tevin Coleman signed to the Jets? Garrett, what would you rather have? Oh, uh, wow. Right now. You, right now. He, no, don't think you, about it. You had the fourth pick. Your team's kind of shitty this year, but, you know, yeah. it, you, you're still have some, you're a running back away. You have 1-4. I'm like, hey, I'll give you Tevin Coleman for 1-4. What, what say you? Uh, I'd rather have 1-4, knowing that there's a decent chance that a guy like Josh Jacobs could be there. Uh, David Montgomery could be there. Uh, I would probably rather take the risk on those guys than I would Tevin Coleman at this and point. It's a pretty quick answer. So like, as soon as I hit send an email, trade request with Garrett, 1-4 uh, for Tevin Coleman, I instantly check my email again and it says, trade denied. Rejected. Matt, 1-4 Tevin Coleman. Uh, I'm going to reject you as well, man. I'm going to keep He's just signed with the Jets. Four-year deal. Yeah, I hate I mean, I just, $25 million. Look at the coach. $13 million guaranteed. Look at, look at the coach there. If he gets on the wrong side of him, he's just going to be benched. Wait, who's the coach there? Adam, Adam wandering <laughs> oh, eyes, yeah. wandering eyes gaze. I tried to block that out of my memory. For some, I'm like, who's the coach in the Jets again? And I, nah. And the first thing she said, Adam. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I'd rather have one four two. Yeah. I guess. That's all my point of, like, is it time to sell? So, But maybe you can't even get that. Maybe I'm being, like, overly optimistic. Like, what's the lowest you would take for Tevin Coleman there at one four? I mean, the one four, like if I had Tevin Coleman and you're offering me one point four, I, or I would do it in a second. No, no, no. What, no what I know, but like, what would like if where are you at? Like one, like when you I say, okay, give, I'll take Tevin Coleman. Any oh, sign right, with the Jets? Right. Uh, to to give up for Tevin Coleman, I would probably be more in like the one six to one eight range, more so than like the one four range, because I think there's about five or six really talented players in this draft, and then I think that's the tier break. I'd be willing to give up in that second tier, not that first tier. Yeah, I'd rather have TJ Hawkinson, personally. Yeah, so would I. He's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm just trying to see the value for this. Cause he's he's going to be the number two guy in a lot of people's list for free agent running backs here. He's going to sign somewhere, and people are going to get excited. Uh, but I'm still not 100% sure he could be the guy. So I want to see a good fit here. Well, it's because it's um, he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, I mean. Chicago, what you said, would really get, like, then I'd give up probably. One four, yeah, because they made a command and that's a good a sweet, team. That's a sweet and, and, and if we go back to the Houston one, I mean, if he goes to Houston, all of a sudden, that's a different offense. I'm a little more interested, but 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 a, a jet scenario. Uh, uh, so I picked the wrong team. What if he goes to Kansas City? I was going to say from now, Kansas City, from the yeah. exact same extension. I mean, obviously the Chicago offense is the same exact offense as the Kansas City offense, but with better tools. You know what I mean? So do you so, give up one? So okay, Tevin Coleman goes to Kansas City. Same thing. Four year contract, twelve million guaranteed. They cut Damian Williams. I'm just, giving the one one all day. Uh, right, give one one. Yeah, it's easy. Okay. I mean, the, the wow, what a different gets, spectrum around here. The question gets a lot easier. Sorry, though. Jets fans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Number three on most people's list here is going to be Mark Ingram, uh, 29 years old, coming off of New Orleans. New Orleans so strapped against the cap. I know he wants to go back to New Orleans. I don't really see that happening personally i see them investing in the draft capital and a running back staying cheap there and riding this drew Brees train drew Brees train out garrett give me a place that would really move your needle here um if mark ingram was a sign there um i think this could be um another spot where where baltimore uh could be a be a good fit for for mark ingram i think the way that he runs i think he would mesh well in that offense 
Um, a lot, we're, we're now kind of getting to some of the retreads of, you know, a lot of the similar scenarios of, of teams that are, are running back needy. Um, but, but I think Baltimore would be probably my personal favorite landing spot for him. Um, I could also see, um, I, I could see him going to Oakland. Um, and even though Oakland is, is not an ideal spot, um, for, uh, how poor their offense is. I think they would probably just run him into the ground. Yeah, uh, I John don't, Gruden wants to run yeah, the ball. Says, a times. I think he's too old for like they're gonna they're, they invested so much in this like draft. They're gonna try and go that whole young route. I don't see that happening there. I had to, I had Baltimore down too, man. I don't know you had that down. I think it's a really good fit for what they want to do. Like you said, they're a run first knee team. He fits that specifically, and more so, I think it's to what I like to see. They get rid of Alex Collins and Gus Edwards. I think him and Kenneth Dixon here would make a really good. Fit. And what you do with Ingram being at age, it could be a really short-term thing. And I think they do want to see what they have in Dixon. I really do. The second half of the year there, he came on, Dixon-wise, came on pretty solid. I mean, it wasn't anything great, but with Gus Edwards being the main man, he still finished his running back 38 um, in those last couple of weeks. I think he came back week 11 there. And for me, with his cast, his pass catching ability, I think it'd be a really good fit with Mark Ingram there in Baltimore. Again, with Lamar Jackson's running style, they need a guy who can ground and pound the ball and be that aggressive runner. There's nobody here in this amongst these free agents is going to be as good of a ground and pounder this day and age as Mark Ingram. Not C.J. Anderson, not Adrian Peterson. I'm taking Mark Ingram over both those guys. I think it'd be a really good fit for Baltimore, and I think that's definitely a position they have to address. Even if they don't go that route and they go a guy like Damian Harris by the draft and like a Kenneth Dixon or go a rookie contract. But for free agency, why? For teams that really need a running back, I like Mark Ingram the best for Baltimore. That's where I slotted him amongst all these teams. I didn't repeat any teams on my list, so I tried to keep them all different. That's where I had Mark Ingram at. No, I, I like the Baltimore fit as well, but I, I did have um, Philadelphia down as a possible fit. They, I mean, obviously they're struggling there at the running back position. They're they've got old and crusty, and and guys that are you know obviously JHI, he's a um, a free agent. I'm not sure they're going to bring him back, but I think Mark Ingram would make a nice little scheme fit and just it, it helped protect the quarterback who's been beat up the past few years and and really just just run the ball there and get that established and get that going. I feel like they'd want to bring in like a pass catching running back mark ingram's no he's no slouch he can catch passes he's, he's not like a total bum i mean he's not as good as you know um kamara kamara thank you i couldn't pull that out of my brain for whatever reason but it's not like he's a total total slug that can't catch passes okay i like baltimore over the i like baltimore too. better too but i was just trying to throw out the no, he, he spent some time running in that third down role uh when uh when sean payton didn't like him as much yeah exactly. so so he he's he's capable yeah, then you got guys like C.J. Anderson, Jay Jai, Adrian Pearson, Alex Collins. None of those guys are move the needle for me in Dynasty at all. If anybody offers me anything for those guys when they do sign, whether it be C.J. Anderson with the Rams, Jay Jai to anywhere whatsoever, you know, this is a guy we've been selling to sell for literally years. After every time he ran it for 200 yards, we're like, "You sell, sell today." And uh, for anybody that didn't, well. Sorry, wait till next you time. You might get out a hundred yards. It's gonna something. be your for those for Peterson, C.J. Anderson, and Jaying like Collins. Those are gonna be this is once they sign somewhere. If it's the right spot, it's gonna be the best time to get out in dynasty. I mean, if you could recoup a second for any of those guys, I'd be very happy with that. Don't forget about Jay Ajayi's bulky knee. 
I think yeah. it's been an issue all the way back from college. Big time. It's yeah. so just always hurt. So tight ends, we're not really deep here. We're going to talk about Jared Cook and Tyler Eifert. For me, Jared Cook, you know, came off a fantastic year, his best year yet, essentially, coming out as tight end five out of Oakland. Um, before that, I mean, 2017 was tight end 13, wasn't even tight end one. To me, I think the only the best fit for him is naturally going to be Oakland. Yep, he needs to go right back home. Oakland would be a nice fit. I mean, there are places that need tight ends. I mean, New Orleans, they don't they don't have a tight end to speak of. No, we still got to talk about Tyler Eifert. Okay, and, and what about where Tyler Eifert just came from? Who you know, um, all three of the tight ends there are are free agents. So Cincinnati, Cincinnati Green Bay, right. New Orleans, Oakland, Detroit. Even Dallas. though they throw the tight end, Dallas, Jacksonville, New England. If Gronk leaves, right. there's a lot of places sitting out there. I just think for me, for Jared Cook, for who's been bouncing around, who is at one big game every single year for every team and then disappears for Oakland it was different he didn't disappear and now he has a chance to go back there and just be the guy like be the main guy he has a good rapport with Derek Carr already I don't want to see him in a different scheme where he just goes out there and kind of fails at least here in Oakland he was consistent he was Gruden's guy so to me I'd love to see him go back there in Oakland uh, anywhere else would not, honestly if he goes anywhere else I mean besides New Orleans um, I'm trying to think. There's nobody else that really moved the needle for me. He's already in Green Bay and right. didn't produce, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like, I know he produced in this system with Derek Carr. Because if Jared, I mean, even when Jared Carr, Jared Cook signed in Oakland, we got excited. It's just he just came out and he produced. He was tight end five over this year. Again, I'm not trusting him. If he can't do it with Aaron Rodgers on a Green Bay tight end needy team, then I don't want to trust him anywhere else but this spot. All right. It? Yeah, yeah, I think that's it, man. A period of that moment. Yeah, that All was right. boom done. So now Tyler Eifert, Matt, you mentioned say, to me, I love the the place that moves the needle for me, and I just forget all his injuries. It all just disappears like it was a bad trip. New Orleans, you know, back in the day when Jimmy Graham was there, you know, me, you remember Jimmy there, it's tight end three overall, Jimmy was amazing, there. tight end one overall. Yeah, but even when like Ben Watson came back, Ben Watson that one year. With the Saints, I think it was 2015. Yeah, 2015, he was tight end number seven overall. Like the Saints will produce in that offense with a big tight end. And Tyler Eifert, we do got to remember, when he is healthy, he produces as a, an amazing red zone threat. And it's not like he's been injured these last couple of years. Like, it's like, oh, he's just injury prone. It's like freak, like last year was a freak accident and it, his foot went the wrong way. Oh, yeah, it was gross. It was super gross. Yeah. Wasn't his his back before that or something too? Didn't didn't he herniate a disc or something like that the year before that? He's had ACL a, before that. It's like I don't know the, he, like the, the laundry list of crap. He with had this a, guy. the the wishbone in your stomach and the collar, the dog in your chest. It's like out of the game operation. He's got all this, so many scars and stuff going on, and I can't keep up. But he's not old. No, he's not. The Saints need a tight end. Maybe Cincinnati is like, hey, dude, this is this is bad mojo we got going on. We need to cut bait. Oh, right. I, I think they're definitely going to move on at this point. I mean, all three of their tight ends are, are free agents. I would be surprised if all three of them left, but I, I would be surprised if they did re-sign Tyler I mean, Eifert's not going to command a lot of money there. And to me, I think yeah, it might be a situation he sees, hey, you know, ball, Cincinnati's not even winning playoff games in the last 25 years. What if we move on to a place like the Saints where I can help them win a Super Bowl? To, that, to me, if he goes there, I see tight end win potential there, and I'm all over it. I'd actually pay – I, like, what do you think you could buy Tyler Eifert for in Dynasty if he signs with the Saints? Do you think you, do you think somebody would be just overly excited about that and just sell him to you for a second? And would you buy for a second? Say you had second, say you're, you know, you had a pretty solid Dynasty team, tight end really short, and you have pick two eight. I, I would, I would never pay more than a second. 
to get Tyler Eifert on my team. Well, let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, and I think no, neither I, I. Th- I think a realistic owner of Tyler Eifert should should take a second if they can get it. So I think I think you nailed it as far as value with that guy because. Well, because you're not giving up two ones. You just take a guy like I, I mentioned earlier, like Irv Smith, well, yeah, maybe Noah, Noah Fant. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he, he's, he falls there. So Right. But to me, like he if he signs the Saints, he's not somebody like we mentioned earlier, like Tevin Coleman going to the Chiefs where it's un, unobtainable. Like he, that might be a spot where you can get a legit top five fancy tight end for the 2019 season for like a mid to late for second like round pick. Four or five games of the 2019 season, you can have that. <laughs> Let me throw out a weird one, a weird scenario that I think could be intriguing for, for Eifert. What if Antonio Gates is done, which we believe he probably is at this point, and he goes to and he goes to San Diego, pairs up with Hunter Henry, because Williams is probably gone as well. So it's another big body that's gone. We know that they know how to use the tight end, and the wear and tear might be less on Eifert if he's in San Diego. Would Does, that be good for his long-term value, you think, or no? I just don't see it doesn't it deflates my dynasty needle to where it's now no longer a dynasty needle at all. It's just like a limp line hanging over it. It's like a string that's been cut. Uh, I just don't again for me that I mean they have they're getting rid of Tyrell Williams. They have Mike Williams, right? Love him. They have Keen Allen. Love him. They got Hunter Henry. Love him. They got Melvin Gordon. Love him. And they have Austin Eckler. Like where are these targets going to come for Eifert? And why would he even want to sign there? Like he, he's in the back end of his career. I don't think he's looking. He's still young enough where he's not looking to just be the backup to Hunter Henry. Like we mentioned before, there's enough te- there's enough teams in the NFL that need tight ends where he can go somewhere and be the guy. Even whether he says, you know, you sign for Hunter Henry just to compete there in the AFC, or do you go to the Saints for almost the same, you know, even a little less money, go chance to win a Super Bowl. And not only that, maybe sign a short term deal, prove you're a guy, you're healthy, find a good system for you to ca- you know showcase that. Then you can maybe sign potentially a nice contract going into, you know. The, your last contract of your year it, it's it sounds good you know yeah. San, you know la but to me it doesn't even seem real it I'm doesn't just not, even seem realistic i'm just not sure how many teams at this point would want to invest in him as their number one receiver if you can get jacksonville they've been looking for a tight end forever you know they could potentially sign him again a team that let's face it we there's some promise there at receiver but there's not a lot going on there at the receiver position no, you know dd westbrook's your highest upside they just draft dj shark who's you know it could be a, nice a good upside. spot for him. jackson you know, really could be a good that'd spot. be a nice nice spot for him as well if they bring in a guy like nick Foles who has experience or even a guy like you know, not overly excited about tyrod taylor but even like we mentioned earlier, like a guy like ryan fitzpatrick can go out so you know out there potentially and then maybe eifer to be a good spot there the most he, important part to this conversation is if he signs where nice he's he's obtainable right and I think it'd be a good buy. Personally, again, if he went to New Orleans I, and I need a tight end, I feel no problem getting up that second if it's going to help me win a ship. Barn, you're taking a risk where he's going to stay healthy, but if he does, that's a huge payoff. I was going to say, you'd have to be, it would have to be a very specific team need. You know what I mean? You would have to be championship ready with a, a hole at backup tight end. You know, that's where I would make a move for Eifert because. You can't go into a season with Eifert as your number one guy. He's just he's just too unreliable. He's too injury prone, and, and you can't have your whole season 
resting in his, you know, in in the in the balance there on on his injury. Yeah. So you had like Eifert, Greg Olson, and Ian Thomas, and you're excited about Ian Thomas, but you're not for sure. You know what I mean? Like, right. You, going to the going to the offseason, okay, I got to draft a tight end. I got to draft a tight end. Okay. I got pick two eight. It's a good deep tight end draft here. Do I want to risk? But I already have Ian Thomas. I'm already young at tight end. I don't need to invest in another young tight end here. You know, like Jake Stoneburner or whatever is uh, from Texas A&M. Somebody like that, like late in the second round when I could take Eifert and I'd rather gamble it that way because I'm trying to compete for a ship here, not develop two young tight ends when my window is now. And, yeah. and to me, that scenario makes sense, and I would go for it in that point. All right, let's move on to some receivers, shall we? Yep. So number one receiver in this list, I'm sure some people argue here between Golden Tate and Tyrell Williams. We'll go with Tyrell Williams because he's a younger guy. Uh, and to me, I think more people would want some Tyrell Williams shares over Golden Tate shares. I know I just bought Tyrell Williams off of you for 2019 second. Yes, you did. Thank Excuse you. Excuse me. I like that gamble. Yeah. Uh, they don't even really need a receiver that bad, but to me, that juice is worth the squeeze. And, and you know what? It made sense for me. It was. It was. Uh, I'm. That was one of my teams where I'm rebuilding. And by the time that I feel like Tyrell's, you know, by the time my team is good, Tyrell's going to be above thirty. So it's it's not going to be like one of those things where it's going to work out for me timing wise. So that's why I shipped him off. Got a, it. Was a pretty high second round pick too. I think you bumped up like it was weird because there was a four-way tie or something so yeah it was like pick two four two four or two five or something like that so it was a decent second Mm -hmm. round pick but to me i i felt i could use a little bit more depth at receiver and at two four two five i don't need i don't want again it's a i have a championship caliber team so i'm going exactly it makes sense for both of us tyrell is only 27 years old we're talking about a receiver here six foot four uh 27 years old one that probably command and receivers here on the market and there's a lot of teams that need receivers there's a lot of teams receivers i didn't even write them all down here i mean you're talking about dallas miami washington carolina tennessee new england cleveland baltimore san francisco could possibly use a receiver there's a lot of teams out here that can use receiver help to uh for a guy like tyrell williams and tyrell we gotta remember tyrell has only had one year out of his four years here in new england in 2016 when Keenan Allen went down he was the man Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. With a really good quarterback, a good tight end, and a good running back, so he was on a good team. What did he do there on a good team? Is being almost the only focal point on that team as well in the receiving game. He finished the season as wide receiver number twelve overall, sixty nine catches, one thousand fifty nine yards, and seven touchdowns. And ever since they invested their draft capital in Mike Williams, then you have you know you have Hunter Henry there. He just pretty much got diluted out, but still contributed to the football team. To me, where I like to see Tyrell Williams, I see a lot of people here mentioning the Browns. When you're know, like going through like free agency, you see Tyrell Williams' name popped up. And to me, I feel like the way Baker spreads the ball around so much and the way that offense works, I don't think they need to pay a guy like Tyrell Williams. What he's going to get, he's going to get offered more money, what I feel like where the Browns are, and he could be more of a focal point. I like the spot of New England Patriots. I haven't seen anybody mention the Patriots. They have the draft capital. They lose Gronk, they're getting more draft capital. Uh, I mean, uh, cap capital. It's double caps. Caps cap. So I'm Captain America too. Uh, to me, I think it'd be a great fit. New England. He's going to a team, a really good team where he could be the man again, an offset Julian Allman and it'd be that big receiver. And again, I knew Tom Brady, that's a team where again, he could be, I just said again, like 18 times in a row, but he could be that wide receiver one again and be that focal point in a good team with not a lot of weapons to go around. They have, they have, the money to invest this year and they're going to have to invest somewhere at receiver. And I think they'd be more apt to go somebody at a 27 year old than maybe even so a rookie or still draft a rookie, but to be the man, I love the thing place that moves the needle the most for me 
is going to be New England. So when I gave you that late second and he goes to New England, he's the guy there and he can finish his wide receiver 12 again, catching 1,000 yards. The big difference in New England is where he finished his wide receiver 12 in 2016, he had seven touchdowns. I feel like if he went to New England, we're looking at like 12 possibly you know, in that range, like that teen range of touchdowns, we could elevate Tyrell Williams very high, and he could be a very good dynasty bargain here if he lands in a spot in New England. Where do you have him, Garrett? Yeah, I originally had Cleveland as as a spot that I liked him. Um, I think that the the Browns could use a bigger, more physically imposing receiver. Um, they have a lot of uh, a smaller guys, so I could see that as a fit. Um, I love the New England pick, though. I do think that that... Um, in retrospect, thinking uh, that that would probably move the needle for me, maybe even more so than going to Cleveland. Um, another spot would be Indianapolis. Um, they could use uh, another receiver, um, especially across from uh, T.Y. Hilton. And I'm thinking about that that Moncrief role from before where he Moncrief wasn't that great, but he seemed to always catch touchdowns. And that's something that I could see that being a role there. Now that might cut into Ebron. And so the Ebron uh, owners might, might send me hate mail for that. Um, but, but I could, I could see that being another ideal spot for him. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. I, I had India as one of my spots as well for mo- mostly the same reasons. You know, he, he's a totally different type of wide receiver than, than T Y Hilton, even, you know, body type and everything. So I think that'd be a nice fit at, um, in India. But I, I thought I wrote down San Francisco as well, just because they don't have anybody like that. You know, they got, you know, Marquis Goodwin, who's a small guy, Dante Pettis, I mean, I think he's in the six two range, but they don't have anyone that's physically imposing. You know, like a six four, two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty pound guy like Tyrell the Gazelle, and and can really gallop down the field. So yeah, and Kyle Shanahan likes his ex receiver. He really likes his ex receiver. So I I just thought that was a nice little landing spot, and and, and you know keep him out there and on the West Coast as well might be something that's kind of familiar to him. Those are three like so we just mentioned three spots that really got me excited. So again, give up a, like a second round pick for Tyrell Williams again for that for like we mentioned multiple spots here that really would like say oh, okay you know like he's definitely worth a second. Where if he's gonna put up, you gotta imagine if he puts up if he goes to any of those spots right and he plays all sixteen games, what's his worst finish? You guys would imagine like wide receiver eighteen. Oh Maybe? yeah, he's definitely top twenty. Like, he's definitely, yeah, that, yeah. that's like his floor, right? right? That's high like his end floor. wide receiver too. Yeah, for yeah, sure. and that's his floor. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a high end wide receiver for, I mean, now you're talking about his value not only being worth a first is what you what is what his real value would be, you know, a mid to late first for a receiver that's a where his floor is a mid range wide receiver two, to, you know, you go hey you can, you come up somewhere right now, but I'll give you a second and a third for Tyrell Williams. So I got him off for a second for Matt. You people would get. Probably pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. And to me, that would be stealing. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe that maybe that is a risk, you know, where he's only done it for that one year where he was the man. But again, again, that was really his only opportunity to be the man. Because realistically, it doesn't matter how well he plays, Keen Allen's just that good of a receiver. And when you bring in a top 10 pick like Mike Williams, you have a stud tight end and Hunter Henry and two solid running backs. It's like your options, again, are going to be limited. So to me... I think this is a really good time to invest in a guy like Tyrell Williams because even with that mid-second round pick or third round pick, those are big risks as it is anyways. Like, this is a much safer risk here than it is to draft. And I think right now, this time of the year, people are going to be salivating over that draft capital. And a second might get get done. If they say it's not enough, you throw in the third. I think that's still, even where we look at his floor in those situations, stealing. It's stealing. Yep. 
No, it's, it's and that's how spot. you build a really solid dynasty team in a situation like that. A small move that's not a big, flashy name. Someone we ever, you know, everybody in the community kind of likes, but nobody's really going out there to buy him because they're all kind of like, yeah, I like him too. Circling. But why aren't you, why aren't you buying them? Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Trying to figure it out. That's why I offered you right away. I was going through my leagues where I have a lot of Tyrell Williams shares, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go through some of these leagues and see, see what I can offer here to get them because I'm okay. Because even, even if I strike out, Here's the thing. Even if you strike out and he goes to a really bad – say he goes to Washington where he's a guy and there's no really great quarterback, he's going to get paid and he's going to be at least given an opportunity and kind of almost forced the ball to be the guy. So even if he goes to a bad situation, you're almost still winning with Tyrell Williams. It's almost like a can't – I mean, unless he gets hurt or he like just all of a sudden just becomes a player that we never saw on tape before, it's almost out of a lot of these guys we're talking about besides like, you know, Le'Veon's a can't – you know, somewhat of a can't miss, but like, Tyrell Williams, for from a fantasy production value, might be a can't miss coming on this free agency, no matter where he goes. It's definitely one of those things where um, he seems like one of those guys that can go from the bad, like the not great situation, and actually flourish and go to a better situation and produce. A la a one gold, one, give a, it up for him. A Golden Tate when when he left Seattle. <laughs> yeah, even back. That's a yeah. That's a fantastic comparison so you know they're two completely different players they are completely different players but, but we're gonna talk about golden state next situation it was a great segue yeah it's <laughs> really professional mm, man oh, you don't even walk around you just get those little things with the handles that look like little stand-up scooters <laughs> you just segue right around <laughs> call you mr Segway. what's your new wrestling name matt let's segue right into golden tate um golden tate now different spectrum he's gonna be 30 years old uh but still a dynamic receiver. Totally did not work out there in Philly. But, again, when you trade somebody late in the season and trade deadline, you got to learn a new playbook, new quarterback, new system. Nick Foles is your quarterback. And, yeah, I mean, wears tight pants. That's exciting. But besides that, you're not going to be overly excited. So it didn't work out. But Golden Tate's still a really solid receiver. There's not many receivers in the NFL that are better after the catch than a guy like Golden Tate. You know, for somebody his size that's so physical and just knows how to get separation. Where do we see Golden Tate, Matt? Where, do you, where moves the needle for you? The way Nick Foles moves the needle for is his pants. <laughs> I mean, somewhere in somewhere in a dome, I think it makes sense for him. So, you know, the first place I was I was saying in my brain when I looked at him was maybe like a New Orleans because he is a different type of wide receiver, I think, than everybody there. Everybody there, and it might be a nice little place, a nice landing spot for him as far as fantasy production. Another place, perhaps outside of a dome which semi scares me a little bit is green Bay. I think, I think, you know, go back to his old division and kind of stick the knife in a little bit there twice a year and, and, and get with another really good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Not a bad fit. Garrett. I would, I would really like to see him in Dallas. I mean, you, you have Amari Cooper there now. Um, and, and the, the chemistry between uh, Cooper and Dak um, was, was great at the end of the year. But they really had no other other receiving options at that sure. point, and so um, I think I think that would also help the the Michael Gallup owners um, because that would take some pressure off there. But but they're most likely losing Cole Beasley in free agency, right. which I'm sure we're going to mention at some point. But I think he's a more athletic Cole Beasley, and I think that would be um, I think that would be a great spot for his value. Yeah, I think he filled that Cole Beasley role really well. It'd be nice to give Dak another weapon without any other weapons literally besides Zeke and Amari out there. I think Golden I think that would be a good fit in Dallas. I had him down as Tennessee okay. for the Titans. You know, he's from Hendersonville, Tennessee, so he'd be going home. He'd be going back home there in Tennessee. And to me, 
they have a lot of different options out there in Tennessee, but they're all really young guys. You know, Taiwan Taylor, Tajay Sharp, Corey Davis, and none of them play really that Golden Tate role. And to me, with Mariota, for something that needs to get the ball out quick, uh, from what I've seen early in his career, I think a guy like Golden Tate would fit in there really well. It's a good role model for these young players. They're all on these young rookie contracts as it is to help them develop and take their game to the next year. Because, I mean, Golden Tate, we don't have any more years he has left anyway. So I thought Tennessee, for me, would be the one place that would, like a lot of people are like, oh, that's kind of gross. Where is, where is he going there? But I think him and Mariota would be a nice fit because right now, let's face it, Mariota's not fitting with anybody. You know, like, and I don't care what anybody says, like, for me, when it comes to, like, a super flex, like, I literally would cross Marcus Mariota's name off. Like, during my startup draft, like, he'd be one of the players, like, I am never going to own you in my super flex league, so you're already taken. You know, he'd be right there with Alex Smith. Like, I just, I would have no confidence in investing him. And to me, not only they got to get, like, Corey Davis going, and everybody's by Corey Davis, they got to get Marcus Mariota going. I mean, they're going to have to pay him soon. So, they, you know, right now he can't even feel his fingertips. And I think Golden Tate would be a nice weapon for him that just to help that whole team in that passing game offense get going. I, I don't disagree that they may want to do that, and he may go there for monetary reasons, but that doesn't excite me for fantasy reasons. I just I just don't think that – I did that, it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it wrong, man. I don't think, I don't think that's going to excite me. That's, I, I do like the, the, the Cowboys fit. It wasn't, it wasn't one that I thought of, but – he almost would. He would almost fit two roles for them because I mean they were trying to they were trying to get Tavon Austin to be wide receiver and do trick plays and stuff like that. And I think he could fill that role and the Cole Beasley role and just be like this gadget slot receiver that can do reverses and is really good and turns into a running back basically right after he catches the ball. I, th- I think it would be a really nice fit. In the Cowboys. Yeah, I do I like, like that. that. I like the Cowboys fit better than all. I mean, it's weird because like yeah. out of all these receivers, I have notes on like for Tyrell Williams, I wrote New England or Dallas. The next guy we're talking about, John Brown, I wrote a couple teams, or Dallas. So, like, I had Dallas. I was trying to find that fit, too. And meanwhile, I skipped over Golden Tate because he was from Hendersonville, Tennessee. And I just I was like, I'm coming just home. wanted to make it happen. It was LeBron James style. I was just coming home. Right. Uh, but I think Golden Tate, I, you know, if I had to pick one now, I would just piggyback on your back, Garrett, and just say, yeah, I'm taking it. Hey, hop on board. Yeah, choo-choo. Next guy, John Brown, Mr. Uh, Smokey Brown there, the burner himself, only 28 years old. You know, signed that one-year deal in Baltimore because he wanted to prove it. And early in the year with Joe Flacco, like, he started the year. He started strong, like, really strong. And then he just kind of fizzled away. So so when you mentioned, you know, a, a speedster going, like when we were talking the John Ross stuff, um, I immediately, to my to the, to the front of my brain came James John Brown. Like, why wouldn't John Brown just try to sign there in Denver and be that lid lifter, reunite with Flacco and and – I think I think John Brown to Denver would probably be the best case scenario as far as where I where I see him going. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. I got, got sickle cell. You got another one? Oh yeah, the sickle cell. I forgot about yeah, the sickle cell. Terrible fit for Denver. Oh my gosh. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. It's like literally the worst place for him. Yeah. You're, so you pretty much want John Brown to die. I just want John <laughs> Brown dead, man. I just hate him. That's, that's what you're trying to say on here. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. I completely forgot about the sickle John, cell. John is one that you know. Matt's thoughts are his own. He does not represent Dynasty Nerds here because I feel different. Uh, my number one fit. All right, lay it on me. <laughs> Anywhere's better than mine, so let's hear it. It's Tampa Bay. All right. All right. Yeah. Go back to the coach that drafted you and, and Bruce Arians. In 2015, in his second year under Arians, he finished his wide receiver number 23. He had 65 catches for 1,003 yards. And then you're like, when you first hear that, 65 catches for 1,003 yards, like, 
he only he's only wide receiver th- twenty three. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like what? Did everybody else just have monster years? It's because he had zero touchdowns. No that touchdowns. Year. Yeah, zero. And it's not like so. You might say, okay, well they got Mike Evans there. They have Chris Godwin there, and I love Chris. I would love Chris Godwin in the slot. Love, 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 love Chris Godwin in the slot. Love Mike Evans to do what he does. Love OJ Howard, and then still put John. Uh, John Brown the outside there because he can you know he can produce there even when Larry Fitzgerald was there and he caught those sixty five balls for a thousand three yards Larry had one hundred nine catches for one thousand two hundred fifteen yards and nine touchdowns and finished wide receiver seven I think he knows the offense well I think with the departure of Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson the like, he, likely departure of Sean Jackson right I mean that's not a done deal yet but it, it's, ten million yeah. Uh, with a, uh, them being cash strapped, you know, Bruce Arians like, oh, we like to have him back all they want for ten million dollars a year. Deuces, Deshaun Jackson. You don't want to be here. Guess what? We don't want to pay you ten million. We get John Brown for half the cost, and he could do the exact same thing, if maybe even not better at this point in his career and faster. So to me, you bring him into an offense he already knows. He fits that exactly what they just lost out on Deshaun Jackson for a cheaper price. And he slides right in there, and he has fantasy production again. And he fits Jameis. You know, Jameis has got the big arm, gets the ball downfield. He would be that deep threat. Now, he'd still be that hit and miss dynasty value. But in that offense, with all those weapons, there might be a lot more hit. You know, go back to the Deshaun Jackson where, like, hey, those three catches are worth it every week because he's getting 90 yards and a touchdown every three weeks. Right. But but what about what about Denver? <laughs> <laughs> I've already got his bags back. <laughs> Why is there only one pair of socks and one pair of under? Don't worry. You won't be there that long. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Gary, where do you where that. do you like him? Um, you know, you, you mentioned this team earlier and and looking at their their lack of uh Receivers that are under contract right now. New England would make sense uh, for John Brown as well. I have it right now as New England. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. I, I, I think had a couple, in my sense. early notes. I had New I had New England, Dallas, and Tampa Bay. And they, and they love point. guys that fill roles. I mean, that's why they got. That's why they traded for Philip Dorsett. And, and it was like, hey, we need a guy to stretch the field. Oh, let's get Philip Dorsett in. He'll. He's not going to be like super productive, but. He he will stretch the field. They're going to throw to him a few times a game to stretch out the defense. I would like him. I would. Yeah. I would like him again. Even Dorsett, you know, showed he had like not okay, not dynasty value, but team value there. Yeah. And yeah. so if you get rid of all that and it becomes like Julian Edelman and John Brown, you know, they have the shortest receivers in the NFL, but like you still get that production. Yeah, I would be. I would be excited about New England. I'd be excited about Dallas if it was Amari in Dallas. You Amari being that precise route runner, and you open the top with John Brown. That'd be nice. And they also play in a dome. Um, Dak's got a big enough arm to get it to John Brown too. So those those space those spots all excite and, me. And both of those places want a guy like that because they they want to be able to run the ball and they don't want all the the defense sucking up close. So they got to have a guy that'll take the lid off, stretch the defense out, and really open up running lanes. So. Okay. I wonder if he wouldn't be a, a, a terrible fit in Cincinnati if if they do lose John Ross, um, especially with their new offensive or with their new head coach, um, the, the type of offense that he ran with uh, the Rams. I could see him being being a guy that could fit there. I don't know that it would excite me as much as the other ones, but he would fill the he John would Ross fit. Role. But yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like you wouldn't be accepted. Oh, Andy no. Dalton, you got Tyrant Boyd there, you got AJ Green, Joe Mixon catching footballs. Yeah, so pretty much. Everywhere but Mile Dive Stadium. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so some more freedoms here, like Jameson Crowder. Yep. What do you got on Jameson Crowder, Garrett? Where, uh, where do you like him? Man, uh, Jameson Crowder is a guy that um, his, his biggest issue is just staying healthy. 
Um, the, the, Huge issue. We, we, we've Matt seen, wants to send him to Mile High. Mile <laughs> you, you wanna, I'm sorry, Mile Die Stadium. <laughs> Mile Die Stadium, send him there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, but when he's been healthy and when he's had a competent quarterback, um, he's he's looked good. He's looked like a talented receiver. Um, so, I think uh, this one might be uh, a little off the beaten path a little bit, but I could see him being in the slot in Green Bay. That's actually that exactly, yeah. I actually really? had the same thing. Yep. I like that fit a lot. I mean, I just think with his route running, you know, Devontae Freeman, Devontae Adams, excuse me, um, on the outside, and them losing so many other – I mean, they lost Cobb. Who else did they lose in this offseason? No one, never mind. Just Cobb out of the slot. I think he would fit in nicely in that role. Yeah, a lot of people are talking, you know, like, people are talking about like Antonio Brown, although it would be a great fit to Green Bay. And, again, anybody, any receiver that goes to Green Bay is yeah, like me fit. with Aaron Rodgers. It's just like, but do they do anything when you have, you know – they just invested all this draft capital in young receivers. You know, you got Martez Valdez Scantlin, you got Equinemia St. Brown, you got Geronimo Allison. Like, and I, I feel like all, all those guys kind of showed a little bit. And then you get, what would happen? They get banged up. I yep. feel like they're all yeah. vying for like one kind of outside spot, like a starting spot there. I think Jamison Crowder could come right in and start in the slot and and be really productive in the in this. You know, obviously the West Coast type. Same of Same thing I said about Tennessee. Right. You, let the young guys kind of develop behind Jameson without putting the pressure on them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's being said though, like any rece- you know, any of these receivers go to green Bay, you're going to get someone excited. Uh, uh, staying in the same division, Detroit could be another spot um, where they could use a slot receiver. Um, no one, they missed out on all those, like the golden Tate. Yeah. What they had there. Yeah. They, they ruined it, it all. They, they could fill that, that, that exact same role. Golden Tate catches 95 footballs for four years straight. And they were the, I have a lot of Golden T-shirts. They just take that from me. Yes, they do. Damn you, Detroit. Yes, they do. I actually had Detroit as my other place as well. So I, was, I think we're on the I same great man. Yes, yep. I was so sad when they traded away Golden Tate. Yep. I was like, I got to make a movie receiver now. This is terrible. It kills me. And it did. Yeah. It killed me. Because I got DeAndre Hopkins out of forced my hand. Yes, you did. Um, Yeah, I, agree. I, like, I like Green Bay, as both of you guys say. Devin Funches. Does anybody have anything aside him where they want Devin Funches to go? <clears throat> He'd go to New England and get me excited. That'd move my needle. I just wrote Baltimore. Like he just he just feels like a guy that he does just, feel like a Baltimore guy. Like he could just <laughs> he go does. there and block and not catch a pass and it'd be perfect. He definitely is a Baltimore guy. <laughs> would not move my needle at all. No, it wouldn't no, move my any needle. receiver. Like if Tyrell Williams goes, okay, so Tyrell Williams when I say we can't lose, I retract that statement. If he, he goes to Baltimore, any receiver loses. But listen, Baltimore. it's like roulette, dude. Like you're okay. They have the double zero zero, but you're not like overly worried about it. So like, I mean, out of one out of thirty two. Tyrell goes to Baltimore. I'm not excited because even Tyrell goes to Buffalo. I'm like, all right, well, he could do what like Robert Foster did, you know? Like, okay, yeah, absolutely. If he goes to Baltimore, I'm like, mm. might as well be Mile Dodge Stadium. Yep. <laughs> as well. Okay. Um, what you meant, Devin Funches going there? I'm like, that yeah, would be fit. Like, oh no, what if Tyrell went there? <laughs> I just said he can't miss. That's not speaking into existence. I'm a lot. They'll, they'll be mad. Just to delete this part. <laughs> um, what about Adam Humphreys? You know, comes out. This year with Tampa Bay has a really solid year. They're finished this year as wide receiver number 24 in Tampa Bay. Again, with Chris Godwin there. And all, everything we mentioned about how being excited about John Brown being there. But he finished his year as wide receiver four. Low-end wide receiver two. But damn it, if he wasn't a wide receiver two nonetheless, at the perfect time. I get worried about receivers like Adam Humphreys. That right when they're about to be free agents, all of a sudden they have this little spark year. And like they've really done nothing, nothing before. And they're going to get paid. And you're like... Oh, he's wide receiver two last year, and then he goes to Baltimore, and you're like, now he's wide receiver sixty two. Yeah, 
I mean, I had a, a typical place. I mean, like I had him as a cowboy. I was like, I, I could see him just filling in a Cole Beasley. I mean, I don't know if it's just because he's a little white guy and <laughs> Cole Beasley's a little white guy. I mean, I don't know what you're racially profiled. I am kind of, I guess, um, as a little white guy. I think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, I, I mean, I feel like that's a natural fit. But but who knows? I mean, any of these places needing a slot wide receiver. Uh, I think he's one of those guys. I don't. I don't think this is going to happen. But I would like to see him go back to Tampa Bay. I think they were building something good there. Um, I know. I know everyone with the Chris Godwin shares don't necessarily want that to happen. He doesn't want too much money. But but I think I think he had was building a good rapport there, and I think that would be best for his scenario. He's but. the kind of guy that's going to get like nine million a year now because of what he did last year in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And just like you know, just in the last six games, or solid eight games. guy. You know, but like he's going to get paid, and this is again. I, there's not really many places they're going to move the needle for me for Adam Humphreys personally. Okay. More like Adam Dumfries. Oh, wow. right, guys? No. I <laughs> think he's a solid guy. All right. Uh, speaking of solid, mm-hmm. you know, when sometimes you get to solids, you get to Randall Cobbs. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been a Cobbs snob his entire career. I don't even know how that made sense. <laughs> I love it, though. Just you know, take the corn on the cob. I got it. From Never the mind. cob. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Can I spell it out here for you? Never mind. I'm gonna dry, let me draw you a diaphragm of the unicorn. <laughs> Randall Cobb. Perfect. I'm a Cobb snob. You're Cobb I, snob. Uh, <laughs> even when Cobb was in the Green Bay, I was preaching sell him since literally his entire career almost. I've been on here. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article back in the day called Cobb Snob. Um, so for me, again, there's nowhere. I just think Cobb is just. He's going to be hurt again. It's just he's just he's nobody you could ever trust. There's nothing that is even going to move the needle for me at all on Cobb that's going to get me excited because I would never own a share for him. Um, so it's really like I can't really comment on this because I'm biased. So he, he falls in that category of like he's rather there with Marcus Mariota. He's on my list of like just you'd be crossed off. Like there'd be no. It's like I'm in like the 25th round of an 18 man draft and Cobb is on there with Calvin Johnson and I'm taking Calvin Johnson. So. <laughs> That's bold. Um, so, I mean, if he went to like a New England, that would that would make no difference to you. You wouldn't care at all. It wouldn't move the needle, so to speak. No, because there's no needle move. Okay, all right, fine. Yeah, it wouldn't move me. Yeah, I think it would have to move your needle. I mean, there are landing places. But where- New England's one of those spots where any again, so it goes back to like the running back position in Kansas City. Like any yeah, receiver that's there. moved signs there, anybody. It's gonna move the needle. Well, they did Chris Hogan and made him relevant. Well, here's the thing: like I think Cobb's a, I think he was misused in Green Bay. I don't, I, I don't think they use ever used him to his full potential. Obviously, he got injuries and stuff like that. But I, I think he's like a, a multifaceted player that was just stuck in the slot, and that was it. You yeah, know but that's, I mean? I, that's and that's where I envision him as like, okay, you have Randall Cobb like that. Like you don't need. I mean, you have Julian Edelman like that's, and I feel like Cobb I, doesn't really like do anything like. What, like you're not moving Cobb out to the X receiver. He's not your downfield threat. And anything you want to do, I don't know. It just I don't see it. I mean, I, I would I would get slightly excited if he was in one of these. I would more innovative offenses. I think I just don't see a fit there. Right. with him personally, I, I, I don't love the guy either. I'm 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 literally trying to play devil's advocate with you and just try to get you to admit that you could move a needle somewhat for Randall Cobb if he went somewhere. But I don't I don't love the guy either. I don't have like an ideal place. But I, New England was the one that came to play like top of mind. Yeah, easy, as far as, easy route there to go down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, what what if he wins at Cleveland? Eh, no, no, no. Just, just in an innovative offense, just something like that is all. All I'm trying to say, just some no, sort I of. I get innovative. what you're saying. I I, I could see that they don't normally operate this way. 
Uh, but I could see him going to Pittsburgh. I could see him doing doing well, having Washington out there and having Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, he's he, he a spot man. Guy. That listen to Garrett. He's All making right. sense. See, go on, Garrett. <laughs> I, I don't I like where we're going with that. I, I I felt really good for like ten seconds, but yeah, but I I I could I could see that being a good. Well, spot. The needle moved again. Yeah, that that interests me. You move. You got Juju and Washington outside. You just move a little comedy in there. Yeah, that's. See, black and yellow there fits, are, fits there him. Are, there are places where you'd have a needle and it would move. <laughs> Two spaces. That's all um, I'm saying. All right, here's a tough one. All right, because when you step on a scale, the move the the needle moves really quick. Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Zero to two eighty in in one point two seconds. Okay, is he Kel- a tight end free agent or a wide receiver free agent? <laughs> None of the above. He's just free. <laughs> if he goes to New free? England, okay, let's buffet let's, free. <laughs> oh sweet dear God! <laughs> You're telling me as many of those chicken wings as I want. <laughs> I thought I made it when I got drafted. Now yeah. look at me, mom. Um, like if Kelvin Benjamin goes to New England, like are we excited? I mean, they did make quarter Daryl Patterson, not fantasy relevant, but NFL. Like, you think for one second Bill Belichick would let that fat tub of goo on his team? <laughs> Give yeah, me a break. That's the man. thing. At least you you know he'd get in shape. At least. Oh my God, he's so um, not a Bill Belichick type of guy. Yeah, there's no, there's literally nowhere. So let's go back. All the teams we really like that receive Dallas. Does he excite you in Dallas? No, no, he he just doesn't excite me. I mean, he drops fifty percent of his balls. That doesn't excite you. That does not excite me. I mean, could he go back to Carolina? I, I no. mean, they got DJ Moore and, and and Curtis Samuel, so they got undersized receivers. Him and Cam Newton got into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. on the field, remember? Right. He called Cam Newton out. Be, be fireworks then. Yeah. It'd be exciting. And Cam loves that. Like Cam Newton made him look like a little. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> Cole Beasley. So we talked about Cole Beasley. Does he does he look anywhere? I mean, I think at this point, New England. You know, you could see him going out to Oakland. I, I feel like, you know, like any anywhere that has like an older wide receiver, I could just see them somehow landing in Oakland. And, and that's, All right, let's that's move shit. on before we have the longest podcast in the history of our podcast. Let's talk about a couple quarterbacks here. All right. Um, Nick Foles. Everybody's saying Nick Foles is going to Jacksonville. Everybody is. It's. I mean, and obviously if it's something to move your needle, that's going to be the spot. And it. The only the only issue I have there because they are a lot of, there are a lot of dots being you know connected there is is they have no cap they're negative in the cap right now I mean all, you know, almost two million bucks or no one point one point four and Foles is going to want to get paid he's going to want to get paid I mean they can get the Blake Bortles money off the books by cutting him I think that's you know around nineteen or twenty million or something like that but is that going to be enough to sign Foles I, I I'm not sure I mean and and then that's it you know you have to do a whole bunch of other moves just to just to sign your if draft I, picks. Just if to I'm Jacksonville, I'm sign, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing literally doing the exact same thing Cleveland does did. I'm signing Tyrod Taylor, and then I'm making a move up for Dwayne Haskins, Kyler. Uh, like yep. I'm I'm making a move. I'm training up, and I'm getting Dwayne Haskins, or I'm getting Kyler Murray, or I'm getting like whoever I like Drew Locke. I, I, that's yeah. the move I'm doing. I'm not I'm not investing big money in Poor Nick Tyrod. Foles. You know, because you know, I mean, unless you invest that money in Nick Foles, knowing he's gonna be your quarterback for the long-term future which i don't know how any team could do that like i just would not i mean nick Foles is not really succeed anywhere but philadelphia i don't know how you can like just potentially set your team back so far and definitely for a team like jacksonville who is close and needs a quarterback i mean he he left and was terrible and contemplated retirement i mean it wasn't yeah, like he did it wasn't like 
you know, like he was bad and, and he was just going to like stick around no matter how bad he, he almost retired because he left and was bad and just hated it. So there's, you know, there's a likelihood that, you know, he, he could just hang him up if, if he goes to a terrible situation, yeah. even if I he's getting paid. That's like, why I don't like that option. I'm with you with the cap. I'm going either Tyrod Taylor for like, and then move up in the draft. Or if I don't want to move up, I'm signing Teddy Bridgewater. That's what I was going to say. And I'm going to ride him and see if that that's with maybe sign him to a two year contract with a, another nice team option. Uh, maybe like some like good incentives, you know, like you you know for second year that could get that salary up and then open the door for him potentially being that long term future of the quarterback. Where then you could just franchise him or sign him to a long term deal. I don't think the the juice is definitely not worth the squeeze on Nick Foles. I think I'm gambling either I'm moving up in the draft with Tyrod Taylor or I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater and sign him, or even somebody you liked earlier, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who will be way cheaper than Nick Foles. And, he, and Fitzpatrick will be somebody that come in there and know, hey, okay, you tr- you drafted a quarterback. I'm okay with this one-year yeah. deal, two-year deal, be the mentor kind of guy. Yep. Yeah, um, so do you have an ideal spot for Nick Foles at this point? I mean, it seems like it seems like you know everyone everyone points towards uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think we just kind of shown that it's not it's not that realistic. You know what I mean? Unless there's a lot of money being moved and off a, their books, and which the, I'm sure they could find a way to do it. They could move some sure. money into bonuses. I said getting Bortles off the books that almost pays his salary altogether. Because I mean, it's not like Nick Foles is going to break the bank either, but like he's going to look for that starter money. He's probably going to look for a multi year deal here. Yeah. Um, but the problem, like you said. I mean Washington. I say, all that. Is, is it Washington? Is that the but landing spot? The they like- just they gave Alex Smith so much guaranteed money that how are you going to guarantee more money to Nick Foles and have how are you going to have forty million dollars of your salary guaranteed? Denver did it. To other quarterbacks, <laughs> but they're they can get out from Keenum, so they're going to get out from Keenum. Yeah. You can't get out from Alex Smith. His contract is like fifty million guaranteed. There's there's no going away from that. You know he might sit yeah. out next year. But you're still paying him still that, paying money. that money. You know, if you're them, you go Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was to say it almost you know? sounds like you're going down the Ryan Fitzpatrick. or the young guy or Tyrod Taylor. That's what I'm doing. I mean, I I'm mean, going Tyrod. If I'm Washington, it's Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, something like that. I'm not paying Nick Foles. Uh, if Teddy Bridgewater's willing to come out on one year deal, same thing, prove it. But like, if I'm Teddy Bridgewater, like I'm not going to Washington. Like we mentioned earlier, who the hell is he going to throw the ball? To? So do, so do we end up in a situation where Nick Foles is is sitting around for a little bit and and like. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill gets cut, and they end up going, ends up going there. They'd have to move a lot of money around as well. Right, they would. But but I think there's two the, – hang, hang with me here. There's uh-huh. two off-the-wall scenarios that I think could happen. The one that I wrote about was the New York Giants. I think they will most likely draft Dwayne Haskins. Everybody, every mock I've seen has them taking Dwayne Haskins. They have to move up but, to get him now. They're gonna. Ha- they're not getting. You think Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Somebody else. Could will, be true. Somebody else will move, we'll up. move up. Yeah, they could. Hundred percent. He will not be there at six. So I mean, that's that's a scenario where you know they have they have Barkley, they have they have Beckham. I mean, it'd be a dream scenario. The other one that I think could be a little crazy is I'm hearing there's a lot of uh, um, uncertainty with Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. That could be a scenario that I could see them moving on from from an Andy Dalton. Now, do I personally think that's an upgrade? Not necessarily, but I do think that's a scenario that maybe on the more conspiracy theory side. But I do think. But, and then I'll sign zero point to Ryan Tannehill because he has a history with Zach Stacy sure. as his coach. Again, um, so I see Ryan Tannehill go into a place like, like Washington, and we can sit here all day and say teams need quarterbacks, teams need quarterback. But where do these quarterbacks that we're talking about fit? Because like, if you need a quarterback and you're thinking long term future, you're investing in the draft, but. There is a couple teams, like you mentioned, the Giants and Jacksonville, that are close. They're a quarterback away. Uh, 
So I think that's why I think that's why everybody puts it on Nick's Vic Foles to Jacksonville because they are only a quarterback away, uh, and if they can make the room, that's where the best fit is because a short term answer, anyways. But to me, nothing. I mean, none of these move the needle at all. The only thing that moves the needle to me and it's gonna be mostly super flex wise is Teddy Bridgewater. That's the only one that I'm somewhat interested. I guess if Nick Foles got song long, signed long term in Jacksonville. You know, that moves my needle, but that moves my needle to sell because I don't believe in Nick Foles long-term. Right. Um, if Nick Foles signed a long-term contract with the Philadelphia Eagles and they traded Carson Wentz, I still wouldn't feel good about Nick Foles long-term. I'm still se- – under you all circumstances, I'm selling. No. So, to me, there's nothing that moves the needle. If I'm in a super flex league, I'm using this as somebody that needs that quarterback and just getting the most – you know, if I can get a 20 – if Nick Foles signs in Jacksonville – and, you know, I can get like a 2021st in a super flex league form, whether it be the last, like to a championship caliber team, and I get his first. It's like I'm taking it. Uh, I'd take a high second. I mean, I'm selling, selling, selling at that point. I don't feel I don't feel good about anything. And people say Jacksonville is just a quarter, you know, a quarterback away. They're going to shed money. Like we mentioned, they're cash strapped. They're going to shed some of that defensive money out there regardless. So they're going to yep. shed some money. Their receivers, you know, I like D.D. Westbrook. I know you love T.J. Shark, but none of those guys out there are guaranteed. Yeah. They have no Keelan tight Cole. end. And let's face it, they have Leonard Fournette, but he's hurt all the time, and it's going to be a strong. So if anything, yeah. you're thinking they're going to rely on the run game as it is with Fournette with their receiving game as it is. So the quarterback there does not excite me whatsoever. That's it. So moving on. So do so we're we, moving on to? Did we did we nail down? Oh, we nailed on all of them. Never mind. We we mentioned everybody. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everybody. Ryan Tannehill potentially to right. And Joe Flacco already found a home. All right, great. That's it. Perfect. I mean, it's only an hour and twenty minute episode. Jeez. You know, this happens to be a third person, third voice. Adds twenty minutes. And I like it. Yeah. So uh, that's all for today. I mean, if we didn't hit on everybody. Then they're all kind of turds. And not to mention. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want anybody to hit me up and be like. Oh, you didn't mention like what's some guy we didn't Richard Matthews. You J-J. didn't even you didn't even say him. Richard, well, he's a restricted free agent. No, oh. he's not. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking of Richard Higgins. Yep, I was going to say he's, he's I'm starting to get delirious yeah. over here. Um, but yeah, I mean everybody else is somewhat. You know, Dante Moncrief. Like, who cares where Dante Moncrief goes? Right? Does that make care? I don't care. No. So back next week. Next week we're going to cover the uh, combine. Talk about what we talked about earlier. Make sure you check out DynastyOwner.com to get in on a beta testing. If you don't do it now, well, it's going to be too late. 100 spots left. That's it, man. They're, gonna, not a lot. they're filling up fast. That is not a lot. In the meantime, if you, you know, there's combines going on. If you want to uh, talk combine and what routes to like and what routes you don't like, then uh, hit me up on Twitter. Remember the three cone drills, Matt's favorite. It's Ooh. very short, important. 40 is kind of overrated. Nice. I love the gauntlet and the receiver drill. That's about it. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. And I'm at GMP underscore 33. Don't forget the underscore. Don't forget the underscore. GMP underscore 33. You must be a big Trent Richardson fan. Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> Pass. First thing that came to mind. Uh, also, check out DynastyNerds.com every single day. We got awesome articles every day from guys like Garrett. Um, all our writers out here that have tons of rookie content coming out right now on dynastynerds.com make sure you're i didn't mention it last week the giant dynasty nerds facebook group we're almost at four thousand users on creeping here. it's creeping up man that's yeah. for sure and this is a great time to get lots of opinions that thing is jumping you want to put a poll on there you're gonna get 100 responses to that poll you got a question about trade you're gonna get like 89 90 responses from comments on there people telling you that you you're an idiot for making that trade and then they're gonna report it and i gotta go on their facebook why did somebody report this post it just says the guy's an idiot like don't, don't take it personal 
Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I would never do that. Um, and that's it, right? Yeah, man. And then leave us a rating review on iTunes. Please, buy yeah. some shirts. Let us know how Garrett did. Yeah. Maybe we'll have him back. Sure. In the meantime, we'll be back. Oh, you want to buy a shirt? Do I? Yeah. Yeah, Cranberry. Yeah. Oh, and I got a new league. I'm a, there's going to be a new uh, special podcast coming out like this week to explain it, but I got a new, uh, created my own league. But we're not going to give the particulars today because nope. we haven't ironed out all the details. Haven't ironed out all the details, and uh, but you know, we'll call it uh, <laughs> just last nerd standing. All right. Until then, we'll be back next week. Adios. <laughs> for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.